Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. Joseph Lombardo, uh, spelled L-O-M-B-A-R-D-O. I'm the governor of the state of Nevada. And prior to that, I uh, was the sheriff, the Clark County Sheriff here in Las Vegas, Southern Nevada, for eight years. And prior to that, I was a police officer with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department for 26 years. Uh, so I've been involved in public service since day one. And I guess prior to that, I was in the United States Army. Uh, so my dad was a career military man, uh, United States Air Force. I was born in Masao, Japan on an Air Force base and migrated around Europe. And so I've been... Uh, before I came to Las Vegas, I went to Rancho High School here locally in Las Vegas and eventually to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And that's how I got involved in public service uh, via my dad. Um, it was a stable, uh, obviously stable employment. And when I made the decision to join the police department, which is truly public service, it wasn't um, because of financial reasons. We didn't get paid that well. It was just to give back to the community and, and support the community. And that was my calling. I think I received that from my father and I just continued that. And then eventually uh, upon completing my term, two terms as the sheriff in Clark County, I, I made the decision to continue a new challenge. And that's what motivates people, right? In life um, is challenge. And, and positive recognition. And and I was asked to run for governor um, because the perception was the state was going in the wrong direction. And I believe I had the leadership history and, and ability to change that direction. And thank you so much for your tireless work uh, for the state of Nevada. And we really appreciate all that you do. Do you mind if we just jump straight into some student questions for you? I don't have to speak Spanish, do I? No, they are all fluent in English, everyone who's joining us. Um, so one of the students emailed me and they wanted to know uh, what inspired you to pursue a, a career in politics? And, and second question, what inspired you to for your um, pursuit for your career in public service uh, to become a police officer? Because as you mentioned, the, the pay is not well and you're, it's truly a selfless job. So what's uh, the inspiration behind that? Well, I... I, I... I thought I answered that question previously, but I'll, I'll build upon it. Um, it was just doing, giving back to the community. Uh, you know, quite often we, uh, we enter into public service because, you know, you want to give back to the community and you want to do good. Uh, but to be honest with you, when I first joined, it was for the adrenaline factor. It was, you know, it was cool to be a police officer and, you know, the type of work that they were involved in. It was a great interest to me. And then soon afterwards, uh, you learn how much you can make a difference in people's lives, especially people that can't take care of themselves. And that's what drew me to public service. And that's what continued me to be part of public service, you know, for 34 years. as First as a police officer and then eventually moving up through the ranks and then being the sheriff and then eventually uh, running for governor. And what drew me to being the governor is, I mentioned, I just thought that uh, the response to COVID in totality here in the state of Nevada, uh, via the state office of the governor, uh, was poorly executed, and and the people of Nevada needed a um, more of a reason to uh, uh, support 
somebody else in that leadership role. And I thought I had the ability to do that. And luckily, um, through a very contentious election process, I was successful in getting elected. And, you know, and everything I've done in, in life is based off a of challenge. So that's, that's a true motivator in any human genome is, is a challenge, makes you stay engaged, makes you um, not be burnt out per se, um, but it makes you want to do better. And I think that running for governor would be the ultimate challenge. And we were successful. And so now here we are today and I believe we're doing a, a great job on behalf of my staff and myself. And, and I'm looking forward for the next seven years. Here, here, we're, we're all rooting for you. Uh, now you have people uh, rooting for you all over the world. Uh, we have a question from Miss Nudie's class right here in Southern Nevada. Um, you guys can unmute Miss Nudie uh, to ask your first question. Might be having some technical difficulties, but the first question they asked, they want to know who are your role models or mentors uh, as you were advancing in your career? So I guess prior to advancing in a career was my father. You know, he was a career uh, Air Force soldier. He did 31 years in the United States Air Force, and I appreciated uh, what he did for our country and, and for our family um, and how he conducted himself and his character. And I, I would say that well, he's my primary role model. And then as I joined the police department, moved on in my career, uh, there was a sheriff prior to me. Uh, his name was Douglas Gillespie. And I I just liked how he approached problems and how he addressed uh, the needs of the community. And, and I had absolute respect for him. So I, I, I tried to model my career after his, his integrity and his character. Um, we have a question from Maria and she is in Spain. Um, Maria, go ahead and unmute to ask your question. Um, hello. Hello. I'm very curious about your political career, and I would like to ask you about some of the most significant challenges you've faced in your political career. Um, well, thanks for the question. Maria, where are you located at in Spain? I'm from Zaragoza in Spain. It's in the north. I know where it's at. I used to live in Spain. I used to live in Madrid. For a little while my dad was stationed in the air force there in torjon air force base so i know exactly where you are um so what was the challenge in my political career well i guess uh, first and foremost you know as you deal with the head executive of any organization um you're totally and solely relying on your employees for the success of the organization and when i was elected sheriff we were wo woefully understaffed uh, with police officers and for us to hire police officers we had would have to pass a tax initiative so it, it, it's a tax put on all the residents of the community we live here um, in order to pay for the police officers so i had to go to the legislature and, and provide testimonies and reasons why and substantiate my reason for the need for more police officers because police officers make a difference and when you're where you're dealing with the the crime environment and everything else that goes along with the criminal justice system, I, I truly believe uh, police officers are are the last line of defense for a safe community. 
And, and it was very difficult challenge to pass that sales tax initiative because you know that you were going to ask all the the residents of Las, the Las Vegas Valley, uh, Valley uh, to be responsible for increase in costs associated with anything they would purchase. It was a sales tax. And eventually I was able to uh, get it passed. And in totality, um, we were able to hire well over 1,200 police officers as a result. And as a direct result of that, um, we had a safer community. Uh, the second aspect of that when I was the sheriff was, I'm sure every one of you uh, students are familiar with the event One October. And that's where we had the the uh, shooting there at Mandalay Bay here in Las Vegas and several um, fans of a country music festival uh, lost their lives as a result of an individual who wanted to commit harm and, and kill as many people as he could. And, and we had to provide leadership uh, post after that event took place and getting the individual into custody, doing the investigation and uh, creating a safe, stable environment and a mental attitude for all the people that live here in Las Vegas. So that was a, a definite significant challenge. And then as you move into the governor, I think the most significant challenge for me as the governor is uh, school choice and education. So I, I promoted myself as an education governor. I think education is probably the most important thing anybody um, could be proud of in their lives and has a direct effect on their success in their lives. Um, far as mentally and physically and emotionally, um, um, everything that goes along with your life is directly related to education. And, and I think the, the ability for kids to not be re restricted by where they live or their economic wherewithal uh, have the, the, the best education that the state could provide to them. And that's a matter of school choice, the ability to uh, go to any school you desire uh, that is more conducive to your personal personality and ensure that you have success. And we're fighting tooth and nail in the state of Nevada and the legislature to achieve that. And I think it's going to be a long, hard battle. So that's one of my biggest challenges. Thank you so much for all of your tireless work for all of us uh, in the in the charters. And, you know, it's because of people like Governor Lombardo that we can offer initiatives such as edutainment learning to you guys. Um, we're going to hop back to Miss Nudie. Uh, we'll go with a couple more questions and then we'll we'll let you go, Governor Lombardo. So go ahead, Miss Nudie. Your, one of your kids had a question. Oh, I have a question. Um, how do you approach making difficult decisions in your role as a governor? Uh, great question. Um, I guess it's uh, fairly simple for me because you have to have a you have to have a predisposed mindset, right? How how are you going to deal with different difficult decisions and difficult challenges, and how do you approach that? And my approach um, from the very beginning is how do does this affect the majority versus the minority? Uh, a lot of interesting things happen in politics. Uh, you know, you have a lot of individuals who have single purpose uh, issues um, that affect them personally and maybe a small percentage of the population. And I think it's important for a, a person in leadership, no matter what their responsibility is, is, is to make decisions based on the majority versus the minority. And it's unfortunate because you have to, um, you know, partial your resources and, and whatever is available to you. Um, but when I approach a, an issue or a decision fact or a challenge, I base it on the majority uh, belief and the majority benefit versus, versus a small, loud um, minority. And 
that's how I approach it. And then how do you solve the problem? Well, the first is you got to identify the problem and then identify what resources you need to address the problem. And then you respond to it with those resources, hoping that that's the appropriate solution uh, by assessing uh, the implementation of the resources. So the assessment is probably the most important piece because you, you want to know that you're, you're doing the right thing for the right reasons in the right way um, and ensure that it's being effective and efficient. And then so you constantly assess that and when you address that challenge. Excellent, excellent advice, sir. Um, go with two more students. And if you, if, if you want to simplify that, uh, um, Ralph, is we call it the Sarah model. So it's scanning, analyzing, responding, and assessing. It's a, it's a known true, true theory in leadership. And I find it is probably the best, easiest way to, uh, to address a problem. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And you simplify something so that would normally be so complicated. Uh, and I'm sure it could be very helpful for these kids as they go on to the next chapters in their lives. Uh, we have a question from Italy, and this is Ludovica. Um, Ludovica, go ahead and ask the governor. Um, so I have this question. How does it feel to be the governor of such a big and famous city as Las Vegas? I mean, <laughs> famous for obviously gambling and the casinos. So how does it feel? Um, it's very satisfying. You know, one of the frustrating things with the, with government is one is how slow it is, it, it is to accomplish anything, but, you know, and then you, you inject the dynamics of the city of Las Vegas and the entertainment capital of the world. It, it, it makes your, it continually makes your job exciting, challenging, and you're well known as a result of being the head of, uh, you know, the state of Nevada to include uh, the city of Las Vegas. And, you know, and just for your clarification, your audience clarification, also the, the city of Reno in northern Nevada, which is a very dynamic gaming industry and entertainment area within the state of Nevada. So I think it's a unique challenge that no other governor in the United States has the experience with. You know, like if you used Ron DeSantis in Florida, he has a different experience of dealing with natural disasters you know, the constant, you know, fear of hurricanes and tornadoes and, and flooding and, you know, natural disasters that occur there. We don't really have those kind of challenges here in the state of Nevada, other than it gets hot in the summertime. Um, we have a whole different uh, uh, challenge, and that's dealing with the tourism economy and all the nuances of that and our ability to make uh, everybody's life, quality of life here in the state of Nevada successful. Yeah, and you've done such a great job, and we're excited to to see what's on the horizon for you. Um, as you're you got the Super Bowl, that's what's on the horizon. Heck yeah, I'm headed to Detroit <laughs> this weekend to root on my Lions. So um, we have Coralie. This is one of the final student questions. She is in France. Uh, Coralie, uh, what is your? You have a question for Governor uh, Lombardo. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I wanted to ask you, uh, what was your job's dream when you were younger? What you wanted to do? Oh, that's that's a great question. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know if you heard in the very beginning of my presentation, I, I talked about being in the military and I was going to be uh, uh, make a career in the military following, uh, following my father's footsteps, per se. Um, but I, I soon got dischanted uh, with the military life. I was in the Army. He was in the Air Force, two complete different disciplines. 
I, I just didn't find it exciting or supportive uh, in what I wanted to achieve in life. And, you know, just like every other young man in, in America, you, you think you have the ability to be a professional athlete. You know, I played baseball and football and all that. I knew in short order that that wasn't going to occur. And then so I wanted to do something more um, in giving back to uh, the community and help the, you know, the weak and the downtrodden and the people that couldn't help themselves. And and I believed that uh, police work was the best avenue of that and the best direction to achieve that. And unfortunately, I was I was living in a location where they, we have one of the best police departments in the nation or probably in the world. And, you know, in the city of Las Vegas. Um, and so it was a complete different dynamic here. And I, I've never had any regrets associated with it. And so. I think when I was a young man, I, I knew in, in short order upon graduating high school, that was the direction I wanted to go. And, you know, and, and just a little bit of advice on that. So a lot of you will get parental pressure to make a decision on your life and your life direction and perpetuity, you know, upon the graduation of high school. And I, I think that's um, I think you should take a little more time and figure that out along the way. And don't be nervous about how long it takes you to figure it out on along the way. Um, you got to be comfortable in something you want to do for, you know, the rest of your life. And you want to enjoy yourself that, that, that enables you to um, want to go to work versus having to go to work and, you know, and provide for your family, for your future family. And Hopefully that reminds not family me, yet. That rem yeah, they don't. <laughs> that reminds me, um, you know, you never have to work a day in your life if you if you love what you do, right? Yeah, exactly. So we have a five star principle here. I know we have a multiple Nevada five star principles and and uh, schools on this call right now, but one of them is Wendy uh, Shirey over at Pinecrest Horizon. Wanted to just say a quick hello. Hi, Governor Lombardo. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm really glad to see you here. And I just wanted to say thank you for all of your support for charter schools. I actually see a lot of us on the um, Zoom today. You have several charter administrators here joining you. So um, it is really important school choice. And as an educator here for over 20 years in Southern Nevada, I see it as just a huge opportunity for our kids. So I really appreciate you championing this for us. It really is important for our kids. So thank you for that and for all you do for Nevada. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Wendy, and I, I appreciate what the charter school environment does for our kids and their education. This truly is a form of school choice. And, and like I mentioned earlier, it will be my continual fight uh, for the people and the kids and the families of the state of Nevada. And and I'm glad we were able to achieve some legislation this last set session on expansion of yeah. charter schools. And, and hopefully we can get into the teacher pay in this next session. And hopefully some of the transportation funding that we brought forward will, will be a benefit for some of your families. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So, Governor Lombardo, the final uh, question I ask all of our guests who participate in these uh, weekly is, what advice do you have for these kids as they go on to the next chapter in their lives as far as persevering through adversity? I mean, you've been, you know, a, a, such a strong leader, both uh, with the police force here in Southern Nevada and now our entire Silver State. So what advice would you have for them as they go and try and blaze their own trails? 
Well, you know what? I think the rise and fall of anybody personally and or in an organization or wherever you work or whatever you may do in your life is based off communication. And anything you can do to improve upon that skill skill set, um, I think, breeds success. Um, you can teach people the nuances and the expertise of any profession or anything that you want to achieve in life. But what you have to be able to do is to have a ability to communicate. And that takes practice, practice, practice. You got to uh, overcome those fears. I think I, I failed personally in, in, in my youth and, and avoided everything possible of public speaking and communicating with individuals. I was a little more introverted and, and type A. And for you to be successful and comfortable and, and confident in life, you have to have the ability to communicate. So do everything you can to bolster that skill set. And I anticipate uh, the success that goes along with it will be, uh, um, it'll happen naturally outside of being forced. And uh, I think we'll all be better as a result of that. And along with communication is listening. Right. We tend to want to get our our point out or we've already formed our our mindset or our decision making uh, process. And I think the important piece, which takes a, a very it's a very difficult skill to learn is listening and ensure that you're hearing the other side of the story or the other person's point of view. I think that's a, a recipe to success. Governor Lombardo, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your valuable day to come talk to us today. Uh, I just got word you were also speaking to a college in Mexico City that's on here as well. So uh, oh, good. before I let you go, before I end the meeting for all, I hope everyone is well. Be sure to check out edutainmentlearning.com. We have uh, a slew of guest speakers coming out this, this spring. Um, I'm going to allow everyone to unmute. And can we all collectively say thank you to Governor Joe Lombardo? For, for talking us to us today. Thank you so much, Governor Lombardo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.